Welcome back to our High Five, where we're gonna highlight five awesome things that are happening in the life of our church. So let's jump into it. Up at number five, Cole attended our Manchester Outpost Sunday and found himself ready to respond to what God was calling him to do and be baptized. Cole claims the truth that his identity is in Christ and we're all celebrating that with him today. High five, Cole. Up at number four, this past week, a number of families from our Concord Outpost took part in a child dedication ceremony, a special time where parents and loved ones gathered in commitment to raising their child with the love of God and teaching them His Word. A family-sized high five goes out to all these families and their children. Your family here at One Church is celebrating with you. Here at number three, rooted groups have begun growing in what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. This week, they took a biblical look at the purpose of prayer and spent time in prayer listening to the Lord. Way to go, you guys. This high five goes out to everyone in Rooted right now. Here's to strong roots in God's love. In at number two, our Concord Outpost had a blast this past week at their Bounce Back to School event, where they took to Altitude Trampoline Park with friends, family, and ones to jump the night away. High five Concord to more times like these. And finally, up at number one, we're celebrating the five baptisms our Bedford Outpost has experienced recently. High five to Ava, Tony, Chrislyn, Anthony, and Stephanie. We're so excited for how God is working in and through you. Thanks for joining us for our high five, and I can't wait to celebrate with you in the next one. Well, all right, we're starting a new series today uh, called Ghost Stories. Ghost stories. I don't know if you, I, I grew up in the church, and so uh, there's the older translation of the scriptures will often speak of the Holy Spirit, of God's Holy Spirit, as the Holy Ghost. Anybody grow up in it? Have you ever had that moment of the Holy Ghost? And, you know, as a kid, I wasn't necessarily scared of the Holy Ghost, but, but it was always intriguing. It was always like, oh, the Holy Ghost? What are you talking about, the Holy Ghost? And so we're going to look at a, a series looking at the Holy Spirit, which sometimes within our... Uh, Kind of what I grew up in. If you're not careful, the Holy Spirit can kind of be like kind of the set-aside part of the Trinity, God in three persons. And we'll talk through some of that a little bit. Um, so we're going to be looking at the, the Holy Spirit. And uh, our memory verses we go through the series will come from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It's going to be up here on the screen in just a second, and we're going to read it together. It's this moment when Jesus had told his disciples to not leave the city, to not leave Jerusalem until his Holy Spirit came upon them. Because you can't, you can't successfully do anything apart from God doing his work through you. And I know you could probably debate that a little bit, but man, we need the power of God in our lives. And Jesus is telling his disciples, as I think he's telling you today, it's like, I've called you. I've made you and I've shaped you to make a difference in your world. And you're like, well, how am I supposed to make a difference in my, in, in my world? And you can try to do it in your own power, and you can try to do it in your own strength, but the beauty is that God wants to do it through you. And so, how many times do I step into life? How many times do you step into life, marriage or parenting or going to work, embracing God's mission, and yet you try to do it in your own strength? And God says, don't do that. Just lean into me. All right, so Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Uh, this is what Jesus, this is what Acts will, will say. He says, uh, read, it with, read it with me. Um, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, 
And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What Jesus is telling his disciples, he's saying, I want to move through you. I want to be your strength. And I really do think that's that. Man, I need that in my life today. My guess is that you need it in your life. Like, God, I need your power to love. I need your power to forgive. God, I need your power to make a difference in my kid's life. God, I I need your power or strength to, to get over the struggle that I might have. And so when we talk about the Holy Spirit, like I said, it's kind of, he, he's the third part of the Trinity, but sometimes he's left aside, depending on how you grew up or depending on what movement you might have come from. There's different emphasis sometimes on, on maybe even different parts of the Trinity. We talk a lot about Jesus, and praise God, we talk a lot about Jesus. And, and then there can be other movements that can, can focus a lot on the Holy Spirit. And, and, and Trinity is like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we're going to wrestle through some of that, and we're not going to give you all the answers. And not, not, none of us have all of the answers, but we're going to kind of go through it. And so... When you talk about Holy Spirit, you can go kind of three directions. You can go spooky. You can say the Holy Spirit is God with us. God is with us right now. God is watching us right now. And you're like, that's not spooky at all. And except you're like, he knows every thought. And you're like, okay, getting a little spooky. He, he, he knows, he, he's, he's, he's watching you. And sometimes we can think of that in such negative terms. Like God's just waiting to, he's, he's just watching to see how I'm living this life. And he's waiting for me to mess up and make a failure and all of this stuff. And, you, and I do think we sometimes can have that view of God. He's just ready at any moment. And so it could in fact be spooky. It's like, God, I, ooh, I don't want to be seen as, I'm, as I fully am. The truth is, it's a beauty that God is with us. That God knows you and loves you, and everywhere you go, he's there. And there's nowhere that you can go outside of his love. Which sometimes I think I've done that. Like, sometimes you can think I've been pretty successful at that. Like, surely, surely now he's got to be tired of me. And yet, no, he's, he's always with us. And so we could make it spooky. But the Holy Spirit is actually beautiful. It's God with us. We can make it kooky. (laughs) Uh, Have you ever been in in a situation like, there's some weird stuff going on here? Because because scripture scripture will talk about the Holy Spirit, that God through his spirit gives us gifts, that God gives us gifts, that God, God, if you are in Jesus, here's here's the promise, is that the the Holy Spirit will come and dwell inside you, and then he will equip equip you. for the benefit of the people around you, for the benefit of God's mission. And so if you're, if you're hearing me right now and you know Jesus and you're wanting to walk with Jesus, then, then, then I don't fully understand this promise that he has, has said, but this is what he says. He says that he is in you and he has a way, a gift that he wants to use in your life, your life, each and every one of us. Because you know, sometimes we like discount ourselves. Like, no, there's a way that God wants to work through you. I got to get over me. I got to get over myself and say, God, how have you made me? What, what is your spirit wanting to do through me? Uh, but but some, sometimes, Sometimes some of the giftings can look weird. I want to make an assumption that some of us in this room have seen some weird stuff. And it can be a little kooky. Now, do I want the fullness of everything God wants to give? Well, why not? If God says, I I want to, to pour my gifts upon all people so that different people can reach people in different ways through different means of his spirit. But we tend to make it kooky. And you're like, well, John, what are you talking about? How do we make it kooky? One of the gifts that I think God gives to people is the ability to speak truth into someone else's life. We call it prophecy. Like all of a sudden, no, prophecy, we're getting a little kooky. 
Um, but no, I think God sometimes can lay something on your heart. Maybe he has. Maybe someone here is like, God has laid something on your heart. And you're like, I, I really feel like God is supposed to, wants to say this. And, but what we tend to do and what, where we make it kooky is when we go to somebody who's like, God told me to tell you. It's a little kooky. Because what do you do with that? How do you, how do you say no to that? It's a, little, it's a little tricky when someone like tags your ear. And especially, man, it can get real kooky. Let's just be honest. I'm, I'm making a little light. It can get really kooky sometimes. Like God told me in a vision last night, like I had a dream. And I'm not saying any of that is untrue. I'm just saying we don't have to. It, it's already weird. Right? We don't have to make it weirder. And I really do think, I really do think we, if we are able to say, you know what? There's been something on my heart that I think God wants to. I just did it right there. There's been something on my heart, and I've been praying for you, and I just, I don't know, this is what I've been wrestling through. I just wanted to share it with you and let you do what God wants to do with it. And so we can make it kooky. But ultimately, the Holy Spirit is key. Because we're not, we're not, really, doing it, we're not really doing it without him. I can appreciate as a guy who stands on a stage that, Paul will say, I think it's in Corinthians, he says, when I came before you, it's not because I had any wise thoughts. It's not because I had all life figured out, and it's not because I spoke persuasively. What Paul says is, what I really want is for God to speak through people and for it to be a demonstration of his Holy Spirit at work. And really, that is what I pray. I'm like, God, you do your work. You're all different people. How do, how do, how, who am I to talk to each and every one of you individually? That doesn't even make sense. How can that even happen? It's only, it's only by a demonstration of God's spirit. So I pray every, every, every day, God, may you speak to each person here in the way that you want them to hear it. And may they hear it from you and not from me and be surprised. And, and so there's some beautiful things of what I, I get to do in a lot of ways. But So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're kind of looking at this as a, like a basic doctrine. Like, well, who is the Holy Spirit? Well, something that... I think should give us pause and help us think about a little bit is that the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. And you're like, okay, well, what do you mean the Holy Spirit is God? Well, the Holy, the Holy Spirit is God. We, you'll see him, I think it's as, easy, as early as, you see him in the book of Genesis, the very beginning, uh, the, the Spirit of God was hovering over the deep. And so you have God the Father and you have the, the scriptural talk about the, the world was made through the Son, through, through Jesus, that Ephesians, all things are made through him and by him and for him and on, in him all things hold together. And so you have the Father who's over all and you have Jesus who is the creator of all, which that might even be a new thought for you right now. And then all of a sudden now the Holy Spirit's there. Um, and so there's this, we call it Trinity. It's never really actually mentioned, the word Trinity never appears in scripture and yet we as human beings for generations have been trying to figure out what is, what, what is this and, and, and yet you'll see the appearance of God in three persons all over scripture reminding us that there's Holy Spirit is God which as we go through this series when you start to see that God is spirit and God is with us and then God is in us you start to say wow there's there's a lot going on in this world here. There's a lot that God's wanting to do in my life through his spirit here. And so at his baptism in Matthew, in the book of Matthew, the very beginning of, of Matthew, or very near the beginning, um, you have the birth and then <clears throat> the birth and then the wilderness testings. And then you have this moment where Jesus will begin his public ministry. And Jesus will go to a guy named John and he'll ask John to baptize him, which is interesting, by the way, like 
we do baptisms here at the church. You're like, well, why do we do that? Well, partly as Jesus did it. Jesus says this, I want you to follow me, and so I'm going to do this, and I want you to, to, to follow my steps. And so at Jesus' baptism, some interesting thing happens. Some, so at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, his public ministry, this is where we pick up. Uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse uh, 15 through 17. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. Now at that moment, heaven was opened. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. And so at Jesus' baptism, you have some interesting thing happening. It says heaven was opened up. Now, the, 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 the Old Testament prophets were, were talking about how there's this distance, this gap between man and God. And you can sometimes feel that. Like, like we are here on earth and we often think God is there in heaven. And the prophets would be like, oh, if someone could cut up in the heavens, if someone could tear up in the heavens so that God would now be with men. And they're like, oh, I can't, I can't wait for the moment where, where God could be together with men. And all of a sudden at the, birth of, at the baptism of Jesus, it says heaven was opened up and the spirit descended upon Jesus like a dove and came upon him. And then a voice came from heaven. And the voice said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. You start to see Jesus. You start to see the Trinity at, at work from the very beginning. And then you go to the end of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28. Jesus will gather his disciples after his resurrection. And um, he'll send them out on mission. And Jesus is sending you out on mission. And sometimes you're like, well, what is my mission? And I will say it's what's right in front of you. Like, it's not necessarily something way out there that you got to figure out. It's like, okay, well, what, where has God put me right now? And now that's my mission. Like, how, God, how do you want to, to use me in this? And there could be an extension of that mission. It's like, I am calling you to, to, to think bigger of my kingdom and, and to make a, a greater impact. through. I want to move through you. But this is what Jesus will say to um, his disciples in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And I'll listen to the Trinity in the midst of it. It says, then Jesus came to them and he said this, all authority, all authority in heaven. Now, that seems like the Father has given authority, all authority in heaven and on earth earth has been given to me. Therefore, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go. It's actually as you go. Therefore, as you go about your life, therefore, as you go to dinner, therefore, as you go to lunch after a service, therefore, as you go, this is what I want you to do. I want you to make disciples of all nations. And I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Spirit. See, the Trinity appears there. It's like in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them, I want you to teach them uh, to obey everything I have commanded you. And this is, listen to the promise of Jesus. And surely I am with you always. I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. All power is mine. Therefore, this is what I commission you to do. Don't do it without me. How many things in my life right now am I doing without him? Like, Scripture said, no, we got to learn to walk and step with the Spirit. We got to learn to let God do his work through us. That it's, it's not by our hand. It's not by our wit. It's not by our wisdom. It's not by our... Stuff. It's by letting him do his work. And so Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, I want you to go and I want you to baptize people in the name of the Father, the name of the Spirit, the name of the Son. And so what is the Trinity? Like, yeah, we're not going to get all the answers, but the Trinity is God essentially expressed in three persons. And those three persons are the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And ultimately, and sometimes we, we have a hard time with this, Particularly, like, kind of the culture that we have developed in is, like, we want answers to things, and we don't like the mystery. 
But ultimately, the Holy Spirit, in some ways, is a mystery. Ultimately, like, okay. We struggle with things that we can't see. We're very much analytical people. We grew up out of the, the Enlightenment, and so we like, we like science, and we like to see, taste, smell, hear, touch. We like all of those tactile things, and I get it. That makes a whole lot of sense, but God is spiritual. And, and so there's a mystery there. And sometimes we want to put everything in boxes, and we want to put God in boxes, and we don't want him to break our box, and we don't like things to get weird or kooky or spooky and... But I mean, it's okay. Don't you want God to be a mystery in some sense? Like, if I can figure him out, man. If I can figure him out, like, how big is he? It's like, no, he's a mystery. It's okay for God to be a mystery. Like, isn't that going to incite worship inside me? Like, God, like, God, you are something spectacular. And, and so let the mystery, let the mystery flow and let, let that pull your worship. It's like, no, God is, God is, God is a beautiful mystery that we're invited to, to know more and more each day and so Jesus I mean the Holy Spirit is God and this is where it gets really cool is the Holy Spirit is God in you the Holy Spirit is God in you sometimes I really do just stop and think about things like what is God's spirit the Holy Spirit is God at work in you. So in John chapter 14, a lot has been going on. Jesus has washed his disciples' feet in John 13. And then in John 14, he'll say, a new command I give you, I want you to love one another. And then he ups it. He says, no, I want you to love one another as I have loved you. And so you're called to love. If you're in Jesus, you're called to love. And God, show us the people that you are calling us to love and help us to know what the definition of love is, what the definition of to love like Jesus. And to love like Jesus is, Lord, show me whose feet I'm supposed to wash. And then in John chapter 14, he says, I'm going to be going away, and that freaks them out. Freaks them out. Where, where are you going, Jesus? What about the revolution we're starting? <laughs> they don't understand any of it all. And Jesus says, but if I go away, I will be coming back to you. And they're like, okay. And he says, but, but and we pick up in John chapter 14, um, in these passages... 15 through 18, and this is what he says. He, he, he mentions the command again. He says, if you love me, any of you love Jesus? Like, if, if you love me, any of you love Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Any of you love Jesus? Like, if you love me, if you love, I'm, trying to get, I'm trying to get you guys to talk a little bit more. I need a little more interaction sometimes. Like, I, like it's, just, it's just fun. Like, like, sometimes it can be a monologue, and, and it needs to be in some sense. I don't want a whole dialogue going on here, but you can talk back. Like, we can talk, we can talk in church. Um, um, if Jesus says, if you love me, I want you to keep your commands. It's like, well, we tried that before. If you love me, you're going to keep my commands. Well, we tried that before. Old, Old, Old Testament, Ten Commandments, here's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to, you're supposed to do it. Like, I, if you love me, I want you to obey my commandments. And, and a lot of the scripture will be like, well, we're trying. I'm trying to love. I'm trying not to kill, murder, steal, and, and do that in my, not to do that in my heart as well. But it doesn't always work so well because I am stubborn. Any stubborn people in the room? And so I keep going my own direction. We, like sheep, have gone astray. Each has turned to his own way. It's like, man, I can... And so if you love me, you will keep my command. Jesus, Jesus, we've done this. We've tried this before. But then he goes on to say this. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you. And you 
ever tried that before? It's like, I've tried to forgive. I've tried to love. I've tried to not be bitter. I've tried to break that addiction. I've tried to not sin. I've tried to do all of this stuff before and always came out on the other side feeling like a failure. Jesus says, I'm calling you to the same thing. But now I'm giving you an upgrade. Now I'm saying I will be the force. I will be the strength. I will be the one who moves through you. Jesus says, if you love me, I will keep my, I will, I will, you will keep my commands and I'll ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you who will be with you forever. And here is, here is who he is. He is the spirit of truth. Now the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. Ah, we can't handle the mystery. The world can't see him or accept him. Like, ah, we, we struggle with the mystery. And yet what Jesus says is, but you know him. You will know the Holy Spirit. For he lives within you he lives with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you. I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. The Holy Spirit is God in you. There's these passages in the Old Testament that God will make some promises to his people. He says, I'm going I'm to take out your heart of stone. The law was given so that law was given for good. God gave his law. He says, This is how I want you to live. But what it ultimately did is it showed us how we fall short. You're like, man, what do I want the law for? The need for the what the law did is it showed us, man, I need God. The law said, This is this is God's standard. This is what God is calling you to. And and what it ultimately did is it became death to me. It's like, that's life, and I'm death. And what God says to Jeremiah and what God said through Isaiah, he says, one day, one day I'm going to take out your heart of flesh and I'm going to put my spirit in you. And Joel says, like, in Joel, there's a prophet named Joel who says, someday God will pour out his spirit on all people. These are, these are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, hundreds of years before Jesus. Joel will say, one day I'm going to, through Joel, God will say, one day I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. And their men will see visions and young men will dream dreams. And I might have got the reverse. I don't know which way it goes. But one day I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. And I will be in you. And I will move through you. And that which you can't do, I will do. I don't know. Any of you mess up your computer really bad? <laughs> and uh, I don't know if they still do this today, but they have, have, have to have someone log in through remote desktop. Anybody watch the remote desktop? You, you guys know what I'm talking about? Someone somewhere over there. Some tech guy, and don't do it because scammers are doing this too. So you, you, you be the one who searches it out. But um, someone can actually log into your computer. It's very creepy. Talk about spooky. They can log into your computer and they can kind of take, take control. You can watch the mouse do everything. And they start to do the fixing. They start to do the fixing that you couldn't do. Like you're really good at like messing it up at causing all of the problems. And you'll spend a lot of time trying to solve it on your own. But what you actually need at when, when things get their darkest is like you need someone else to step into the system who then can, can, can tell you and prompt you and say, well, this is what you need to do or I will help do it through you and for you. And so, man, how many times in your life you're like, man, I need that. 
I need one who can take over. Can I tell you in my life, there's been so many times in my life, like, God, I just need you to come in and take over. And my guess is that some of you are there right now. It's like, God, I just need you to come in and take over in my marriage. God, I, <laughs> I need you to just come in and take over. And here's what I mean by take over. It doesn't mean, because I think God is gracious in this, and it, I, I don't think it means that he does it and solves all the problems. What you have to do is say, God, I'm going to surrender to your spirit. You're like, God, I just wish that you would fix all this. And God is saying, I will, but you got to surrender yourself. And you, when I prompt, you prompt. When I move, you move. Just like that. Anyways, when I move, you move. That was a reference. Um, <laughs> when I direct you, you, you got to walk in step with me. You got to listen. You got to hear my voice. And you, and you got to be willing. If I'm, if I'm saying, now is the time to forgive, to forgive. You got to forgive. Now is the time to serve. You got to serve. You, you let him start to take over. Let us then keep in step with the spirit. Because it is, he is a beautiful, wonderful gift from God. Think about this. Like, you're a mess. I'm a mess. I mean, I think. Aren't we all messes? And yet God says, I can do something about that. And that which you can't do in your strength, I will do in you and through you. He says, I'll give you another advocate, your helper. Holy Spirit gets so many different names. He'll get the word advocate, which gets that legal sense, the one who advocates for you. It's, it, he'll, he'll often be called the comforter. You're just ready to burn everything down. <laughs> You've been there? Holy Spirit comes in and says, I can, I can comfort you in this. The counselor. Holy Spirit's also called the counselor. It's like, I, I can help you walk through all of this. And so Jesus says, I, I will send another. And I will not leave you as orphans. And then finally, the Holy Spirit is God in you, revealing himself to your world. You see, it all has a point. It all has a purpose. This is what I love about God. Is like as he's transforming you and as he's transforming me, it is not solely just for my good and not just for your good. It's for the good of the world that God has put you in. And so people see you're a mess. <laughs> and then they start to see that God is starting to do some, some work. And you're starting to say, okay, I'm going to walk with him and I'm going, to, I'm going to let him start doing his work in me. And all of a sudden you're like, I don't even know how this is happening, but I'm starting to, I'm starting to be filled with joy and, and love and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. And, I, and like in the past, I tried to conjure it all on my own by, by following all the rules. And man, I like all of this stuff. And, and it's like, no, God, I just want to walk in step with your spirit. I want to let you lead. I want, you to, let, I want to let you guide me. And as you do that, you start to make me a light to the people around me. So this is what he goes on to say, verses 19 through 21. Before long, this is interesting. He says, before long, the, the world won't see me any longer. Jesus is not presently here in our world. Before long, you're not going to see me. I mean, before the world will not see me. But you will see me. Before long, the world will not see me, but you will see me. You will know who I am. You will know that I am living in you. 
Before, before long, the world will not see me, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keep them, keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me, he, he will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. God works in such mysterious ways in the past. He, he spoke by prophets and teachers in various times and in various ways. But then Jesus came and spoke to us by his son, through the person of Jesus Christ. You're like, you want to know what God looks like? Man, stare at Jesus for a while. Like all the ideas and perceptions you have of, of God. If you want to know what God looks like, stare at Jesus. And you're like, okay, in, in these last days, he spoke to us by his son. But you know what? What he does now is now he puts his Holy Spirit in you and me, 2.6 billion Christians across this world. And now God speaks to the world through us. That God wants to bring revolution to our world through us. That God wants other people to find the love of Jesus who came into this world and died for us so that we could find life in him, that God wants to use us. You, you, sitting right there. This is why I say this a lot. Sometimes I feel like, oh man, who, who am I? And you probably struggle with the who am I's, and I would say you're exactly who God has made you to be. Now, you got to say, okay, how do I l let God's spirit take over? How do I listen to him and, and walk in step with him so that he can use me in the place that he has placed me in? So where has he placed you? Well, right there is probably where he wants you to start. And so God, may your Holy Spirit be alive and at work in your church today. Jesus will say something that I will be honest with you and I'm okay with the mystery. He'll say, um, the Spirit cannot come until I leave. And so... Jesus will have a meal with his disciples. He says, I know my time is coming, that it's time for me to leave. And so in a meal in an upper room, he takes a loaf of bread. And he says, this is my body. This has been given for you. How much are you loved? You are loved by God to the point that he would die for you. He would die for you so that you could know that not only would you be invited into his family through him, but so that he could come and live inside you. So that he could make a difference in the world through you. And so we take every Sunday to our king. Jesus took the juice. He says, this is my blood poured out for you. This is my command to you. I want you to love one another as I have loved you. This is what it means to follow me. It's like I want you to, to love like I have loved you. This is what love looks like. This is love poured out to, to the greatest degree. Now I want you to do the same. And when you can't, and that's often, I will be the one who does it through you. I can love. I can forgive. I can set free. I can break chains. And so we take to the king. Would you all stand with me? Maybe you're here today and you need prayer.
we always like to create an opportunity for you to, to have that. I'll be down in front. Elizabeth will down, be down in front. If there's a way we could pray with you, we would love to do that. Lori will be in the back as well. If today's a day that you've either decided that you are done trying to do it all on your own, and that's a good decision. Or that you want the fullness of what God is offering. Jesus showed us the way. He says, I, I invite you to be baptized into me. And so we have water over here, and during the next song or so, or as God so moves you, you get, have the opportunity to be baptized into him and to receive that wonderful, wonderful gift that, man, all of us are so desperate for. We all pray with me. Holy Spirit, Almighty God, Jesus, our Savior, this mind does not understand it all. But the parts that we can understand are, are beautiful, that you are God with us, that you are God for us, that you are God in us. And so, Lord, I, I pray that as we begin this series, Lord, that you might, might make our hearts sensitive to the work of your Spirit in our lives. That you might give us ears to hear and boldness to listen and act. Lord, thank you for being with us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. together I'm gonna sing here we go I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm louder and louder you're gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes hope will arise death is defeated the king is alive the king is alive yes I raise a hallelujah. Go ahead, sing it out. 
with everything inside of me. Yes, Lord. I raise a hallelujah. I will watch the darkness flee. Yes. Come on. I raise a hallelujah in the middle of the mystery. King is alive. The next part is a call response. You guys ready? Here we go. Sing a little louder. You guys sing that? Sing a little louder. Come on, go ahead, sing it out. Sing a little louder. Say it. Sing a little louder. Come on, sing a little louder. We're gonna sing a little louder. Church is an awesome experience today. Remember, hallelujah is the highest praise. God has empowered us with his Holy Spirit. So you're free to be filled with the Spirit. You're free to forgive and free to love. So we encourage you to find someone to share God's love with this week. All right, God bless you guys. Have a great week. Here we go.